Grease up your hair, slouch just right, and growl at anyone who gives you the wrong look. Get delinquent with the Toho Gang in episode 70, Bebop High School. Hello everybody, welcome to Toho Yaro, a Japanese film club podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Alex. And with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joey. Hello. And V. Hello. And uh, this episode, we will be talking about 1985's Bebop High School. So, uh, Bebop High School is an adaptation of the manga by Kazuhiro Kiuchi, serialized in Kodansha's weekly Young Magazine. Mm. Uh, the manga itself ran for 48 volumes from 1983 to 2003. Um, yeah, and it's a typical shonen gag manga centered around uh, centered around some Yankee punks uh, and their uh, misadventures. Uh, have... Uh, before I, I go on with the history of uh, of the manga itself and that series and the rest of our show, uh, V, what is your uh, relation to Bebop High School, if any? Uh, I knew about the manga. Uh, I could like recognize the character designs from it, but had never actually read it. And aside from like knowing it was a gag manga about high school thugs didn't really know much else about it uh how about you joey yeah basically the same like i knew the title um i was vaguely familiar with it i maybe would mix it up in my mind with other similar delinquent manga you know uh but and i knew that there were live action movies and they looked interesting and i've heard that they were very popular um uh for the time that they were at and so i definitely like had a an interest in seeing these, but uh, I was pretty surprised uh, that this was a, a pick uh, for the show from you, Alex. So I'm very curious, like what your familiarity with that is and why in particular you chose this. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of interesting and it's not a very uh, interesting story, but um, mm. I'm a big fan of the band Kishidan. Uh, and uh, the thing about Kishidan is that they have a, a very particular dress style. They dress like Yankee thugs. And um, their live shows are known for being very, uh, like, Guar-esque in terms of how theatrical they are <laughs> and, uh, and, and how fun they, they tend to be. Um, and uh, there is a song that they do called Bebop High School. Uh, it's very fun. It sounded like it was from something. Mm-hmm. So then I just Googled Bebop High School one day and I found <laughs> out that, oh, wow, this is a series. And uh, the song that they did, I don't believe has any relation to the actual, uh, to the actual. So it's not the theme in uh, this movie or anything. It's definitely not the theme in this movie. This yeah. movie predates the band. Um, but there is, they did make a 2004 film. And mm-hmm. it might be attached to that. I actually didn't do any research in regards to any of the other films. Um, 
But yeah, the, the reason that I guess I wanted to do this is because it sounded like it, the fact that there's a live action version of this uh, series sounded fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hadn't really covered anything outside of like Kamikaze Girls that prominently featured, uh, you know, our, uh, you know, the uh, Yankee uh, yeah. subculture. And uh, it's always one that I always thought it would be fun to just sort of um, visit, period, and uh, find out more about. Because, I mean, we're all childs of the 90s, basically, and, and moreover, childs of the children of the 90s, <laughs> uh, um, uh, actually, not ch- childs. Uh, <laughs> You're sounding like uh, Evangelion here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes, we are all the first children of the 90s. I, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but moreover, like I said, uh, we're all children of the 90s who loved anime. And mm-hmm. if you watched anime in the 90s, then, you know, your Kuwabaras, your, um, your JoJo's, your uh, even Frankie, I guess, is, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll, you'd see that... Um, that typical style. I think Cromarty High School also, right? Oh, is yeah. That? Yep. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I thought of Cromarty immediately when there was when they not to jump ahead, but when they introduced this sort of like ultimate bad gang of kids that have taken over the school and stuff. I'm like, hey, hey. it's like Cromarty. <laughs> yeah. Where's Freddie? You know? Yeah. And uh, well, we covered um, we covered uh, Gorilla Girl Boss and and mm-hmm. uh, that made me think of. Uh, that made me think of this as well. So I, I feel like, you know, it, it, it's, it's sort of apt to, to cover this movie now. Um, and, uh, but, uh, so, uh, I didn't really know anything about the series itself. So to prepare for this podcast, I read a little bit of the manga. I read, um, uh, first of all, the manga is, uh, easily findable. If you Google it, uh, there are scans of it there. They must be very, very old because, uh, they are, uh, extremely profane, mm. uh, they there's a ton of both f words uh this just casually thrown around to the point where uh i'm not gonna say it's unreadable but it's it's definitely <laughs> very, that's how you know uh, this isn't kid stuff <laughs> yeah a lot kinda, of it is yeah. hosted on the uh, internet archive i think mm. yeah i i found it on some sort of uh you know crappy scanslation site that probably has a crap ton of spyware on it um but uh, either way, it's it's very searchable. Uh, I read the first volume and a half, basically, uh, and yeah, it's it's a series of like you know, it's it's a gag manga, uh, and I, uh, despite all that profanity, I really <laughs> liked what I read. It was very goofy, very of its time, um, and very representative of uh, what we uh, think of as Yankee delinquents. Mm. Uh, so there's also a there's also a Famicom game called Bebop High School uh, Kokusei Gokuraku Densetsu, and uh, I downloaded a ROM of it and I played a little bit of it, but I didn't get very far because it's a text adventure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but you can uh, there is like an overworld and uh, you walk around and you're too. Uh, I, I don't know which one I played as because uh, I'll be honest, the characters design for. Uh, for uh, Toru and Hiroshi both look the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of them has a little bit more feathering at the front of their hair. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the indent in the hair and the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the cool thing about the game is that you can walk around and, and uh, you have like two wingmen and they're like, they're following you too. And I thought that was, that was kind of neat to have um, for like a Famicom game. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, Reminds me of the taxing woman Famicom game. Mm. Oh yeah. I'm very, I'm very certain that they're similar. 
in terms of how they're played. Uh, Famicom had a lot of text-based games like that. I think, um, uh, gosh, I don't know what it's called. It's some detective game that I think is now being localized and put onto the Switch. It's uh, like uh, Famicom Detective Agency. Yes, yes. I think it's similar to that. Uh, so, um, yeah, the game is out there for you to find. Um, and Toei Animation released seven OAVs um, based on the manga from 1990 to 1998, as well as uh, the spinoff manga Bebop uh, Kaizoku so, mm. uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of the animated to prepare for this either. I thought the manga was, was enough. And, uh, uh, before I continue, it's, uh, it, this movie isn't really easily findable unless you, yeah. yeah, unless you go to like, you know, torrent sites and stuff. So sorry, those of you who are listening, but I do hope that this is a, uh, informative podcast because, um, before I get down to the actual movie, I wanted to sort of touch on the history of Yankee dress um, we sort of touched on this a little bit in earlier episodes, I think. And if you're familiar with, with anime or Japanese culture, you probably know at least a little bit of this. Um, but I did some research. Um, uh, I, I'd like to state my sources before I continue, uh, just in case I get, uh, doxxed or something. Um, timeline.com and, uh, I, f- uh, and, uh, feel, uh, Fukuoka.com both have uh, really great articles um, that are super informative about this. Uh, so this is where I got most of my information. Uh, so in the uh, Sugata Sanshiro episode, we talked very briefly about the Western dress lifestyle that was adopted during the Meiji mm. period, the high collar or high kara. Um, but at the same time, uh, Bankara was born, which is like the uh, kind of the opposite, a rough, like undefined style, torn hats, beat up clothes, that kind of thing. And, um, and you'll still find like little bits of this style of dress um, places in Japan. And it's, it's still used as like um, the style of cheering squad uniforms. Uh, and uh, moving on, uh, we have uh, Tsupari fashion, which became prevalent in the 60s through the 80s. And, and Tsupari being a term to refer to someone acting brave or cool. Uh, hmm. tsupa, like like Tsuyoi or Tsukoi kind of. Mm. Um, so it's, uh, tsupari fashion is uh, usually distinguished by uh, tokofuku, those long coats, those long coats, um, that, like in kamikaze girls, right? Uh, yeah, worn by the uh, the uh, bosozoku bikers. Um, and in our last episode covering Girl Girl Boss, we briefly mentioned Bancho and 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 Tsuke Bancho, uh, and they'd fall under the category of tsupari fashion. And uh, that will bring us. Uh, as far as the evolution goes to the 80s through the early 90s and this uh the uh the typical rebel or delinquent at this time came to be known as yankee um so uh you know in case you aren't a child of the 90s who uh was super into anime or don't know what we're talking about uh You've got the modified school uniforms, uh, often unbuttoned, uh, the ducktail perm pompadour, uh, and uh, always, you know, kind of walking with a gait and <laughs> uh, carrying really flat school bags. Uh, the boys typically wore flashy shirts underneath uh, their uniforms, and girls stuck to long pleated skirts, like really long pleated skirts. Uh, allegedly, according to one of my sources, the Bebop High School manga popularized this style of dress. So this is a very popular yeah, uh, manga series. Yeah, that uh, that you know, I, I think a lot, a lot, I, I guess it the style took off like a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the only thing of course that popularized the style of dress, but, um, but I, I, I do gather that it's a, uh, you know, one of, one of the main things. Uh, and, uh, of course I mentioned Kishidan, they dress like this as well. Uh, and there, there are a couple, like apparently the term Yankee, as far as the origin of the term, uh, goes, uh, there are a few different, a few, uh, there's rumblings of, you know, there's, mm. it, it's, it's apocryphal, I guess. Um, but uh, one source says that it refers to youngsters that were clad in Hawaiian shirts and baggy pants seen walking around Osaka's uh, Namba neighborhood known as uh, America Mura, literally <laughs> America Village. Um, and of course, it sounds like Yankee. So mm-hmm. that's that that could be a uh, that that could also be partially uh, related to that as well. Yeah, I, I was I always just assumed that it was like. Yankee meaning Yankee and they were kind of dressing like Elvis or something. And it was yeah. supposed to be this sort of greaser American mm-hmm. style. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, none of, none of the two sources that I mentioned even mentioned, uh, like kind of mentioned that, but you have to think that there was definitely a, um, you know, a greaser, mm-hmm. uh, emula- emulation happening there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, uh, typical, Yankee demeanor is definitely that of like 1950s greasers. Right. And, yeah. uh, and as we'll even talk about in this movie, you know, like the, you know, rockabilly music is also popular amongst Yankee as well. So, uh, let's talk about the movie. Uh, the director, this movie is directed by Hiroyuki Nasu. He won the best director award at the eighth Yokohama film festival for this particular movie. Huh? Yeah. Um, his other films include the other Bebop High School sequels, uh, the movie Pinch Runner, and the live-action Devil Man movie from 2004, written by his wife Machiko. Uh, Machiko Nasu also wrote this movie as well. Hmm. Uh, he unfortunately died in 2005, uh, very soon after uh, that Devil Man movie came out. I was also looking at his uh, IMDb, and it looks like he might have directed some pornos as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, cast. Um, feel free to chime in as well, because uh, I feel like um, uh, there some was of these... only one cast member that I was really familiar with. Well, well uh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. We'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. Um, so this is a pretty large cast, and it consists of either actors who did this series of films and nothing else, or some pretty heavy hitters and uh, some in between. Um, I'm only going to cover a couple. Uh, you know, are, are basically our main players and uh, others that I thought were pretty notable. Uh, Kojiro Shimizu as Hiroshi Kato. Aside from the Bebop High School movies, he's most known for his role as Ryu in the Street Fighter anime movie. Mm. Yeah, the one that you always rent, that you would rent from Blockbuster. <laughs> that has that famous <laughs> yeah. Chun-Li scene where she fights Vega in the shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at least that's that's the that's the scene that distinguished it from the other one um <laughs> uh then we have toru toru nakamura as toru nakama uh i don't know if uh the the naming convention uh, of the character and the actor uh is coincidental yeah. or if it's <laughs> on purpose but either way um uh, in addition to the Bebop High School movies, he's had a very long career as a TV star. Uh, his and he still acts today. His latest role is in the crime drama Nemesis. Uh, up next, as Kyoko Izumi, is Miho Nakayama. 
So uh, she's an idol, uh, a singer and actress. She became a star in Japan and had her likeness represented in a dating game. Mm. Um, she also she also uh, recorded in the U.S. Uh, and uh, she was at, at, at uh, when she was recording in the U.S. She was one of the largest selling J-pop singers. I, I had not heard of her. Um, she this was driving me crazy. She looked so familiar to me. Um, and I swear I haven't played that dating game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that she, I think I looked her up multiple times and eventually I came across, she's in like a Skabon TV series, not Skabon Decca, but something similar to that. And so maybe I've just seen screenshots from that or something, but she looked very, very familiar. Maybe it is from her musical career. Maybe some of the Japanese accounts I see, I follow post mm. singles of hers or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Well, you might have also seen her in some advertisements. Um, mm. In addition to like you know, being in movies, uh, she felt was in this movie Love Letter in 1995, which um, for which she won an award for the at the 38th Blue Ribbon Awards. Um, she did the cor- corporate gig thing uh, and did ads for like baseball teams, T uh, TDK cassettes, and Kieran beer. Um, so uh, yeah, you might have seen her in some ads. Uh, I also noted that she was in the 1989 Zatoichi movie, which I think is the only Zatoichi movie that's not included in the Criterion box set. Yeah. And it was made like 10 years after that last one. So it's kind of its own separate thing. Yeah. Mm. So I have that. So I may have seen her in that. But a lot of times when I see it's a kind of terrible thing, but a lot of times like actresses especially but actors and actresses in like jidai geki don't like register as much to me because they all have like kind of the same hair and similar clothes and stuff like that um so like it's very possible that's what i recognize her from yeah that's definitely something about jidai geki movies that kind of throws me off especially like oh man i should have recognized that guy you know Mm -hmm. um (laughs) well uh, he didn't have the top of his head shaved so (laughs) (laughs) hey that that makes all the difference. Uh, and uh, more recently, she was in the Marmalade Boy live action adaptation. Mm. So uh, next is uh, Masumi Miyazaki as Junko. Um, uh, she didn't have a, quite a large role in this movie, but she was uh, she is a very prevalent character in the manga. Um, uh, and this actress, aside from being in the rest of the Bebop High School movies, she got TV work for a while and then no credits for 10 years from 95 until 2005 when she had a starring role in the Sion Sono film, Strange Circus. Mm. All right. Uh, I have three more here that are pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have Takeo Chi as mm-hmm. uh, Onijima. And uh, I believe this is the guy that... Um, that you'd probably recognize, Joey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this guy's got a long eclectic film history. A lot of, lot of different stuff. Um, obviously, in addition to playing Onijima. Um, and the rest of these uh, Bebop High School movies, he's been in the Stray Cat Rock series, Lady Snowblood, Day, Last Days of the Boss, New Female Prisoner Scorpion, um, and Truck Yarrow 9. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Truck Yarrows. He's also in a very similar role to this in the TV show Shoujo Commando Izumi, which mm-hmm. is another one of those Skabon shows. Uh, and in that one, it's very, very similar where he's like this kind of like tough guy cop who is always like, I'm going to bring you in, Izumi, but also I'm kind of going to help you out, defeat the bad guys type thing. So, yeah. Love that kind of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this guy, yeah, this guy kind of rolls. Um uh, and yeah, and lately he has had starring roles in a bunch of TV movies, as well as um, uh, a voice credit in the uh, Ghibli film Princess Kaguya. Uh, mm, let's yeah. see. 
So yeah, and he's uh, he's great. I I do kind of like jokingly like think of him in my head as a kind of low rent Bunta Suguara. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's maybe a little like mean to say, but like he he gives off Bunta vibes, but isn't quite as like quite as striking. You know what I mean? He's got but, a very similar face to Bunta. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's like the it's that scowl, you know, the mm-hmm. eyebrows. Um. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, the antagonists of the movie, uh, the Nakamura brothers, uh, I will, one of them has no credits beyond this movie, hmm. unfortunately. Um, and that's the one that I think looks like a, a young Bunta. Uh, but the, then the other guy, um, who plays, uh, Ryuji Nakamura, AKA Hebiji, AKA Snake, uh, Hitoshi Ozawa, he's done a lot um, a ton of TV and uh, street to video work. Uh, he is a Toho Yaro alum. He was Satake in Dead or Alive. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, he ret- and, uh, f- funny enough, he returns to the Bebop High School series as a regular, but as a completely different character. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he played Yakuza Zero, he is the voice of Daisaku Kuza. Um, latest, his latest role. Uh, as an actor, is in Tokyo Dragon Chef, um, but he's also a director. Um, Kunoichi Lady Ninja, Shoot My Darling, and uh, Inmoraru uh, Kogeru uh, Chitai uh, are some of the films that he has directed. Mm. Um, Kunoichi Lady Ninja looks awesome. I saw a trailer for it. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I'm not sure which brother is which, but one of those two, it might be the one that you said looked like uh, Sugawara. Like one of those two had a voice that sounded very much like Bunta Sugawara to me. Mm. Uh, maybe I just had Sugawara on my mind today, but. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, is yeah. this is the guy that has the extremely large perm with uh, the shaved eyebrows. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, one last credit that I really had to include. Um, Haruo Tanaka as the hearing aid man. Um, so this guy is clearly like a big get cameo. Uh, he has a film career that spanned from 1928 to 1985. Um, wow. He has like an incredibly large resume. Um, and he's also a Toho Yaro alumnus. Um, he played quote unquote old man in the funeral. Mm. Um, Sakai in Ikiru. And uh, my man, Kumagoro, the horse thief in uh, the third Samurai Trilogy movie, Duel at uh, Ganryo Island. <laughs> Didn't recognize him, of course, because nope. there's that Jidaigeki uh, goggles. But, and uh, several decades worth yeah. of time in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> when I was, he popped up, I was like, this, this feels like it has to be somebody. Is yeah. this the like mangaka? Like, who is it? So interesting yeah. to find out. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I wish I saw some trivia about like the mangaka appearing in this movie. Like when when the uh, Duranbo gang uh, uh, shows up in um, in the Outer Man movie, that that tickles me, and mm-hmm. I, I love mm-hmm. when that kind of stuff happens. All right. Um, so the synopsis, uh, this is kind of short and sweet because um, the movie is basically a series of vignettes. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, the movie centers on two two school punks, Toro and Hiroshi. Uh, the first thirty minutes of the movie is basically a series of you know uh, sk- uh, sketches, sort of vignettes, if you will, as the boys encounter rivals and uh, turn them into members of their own gang by either beating them up or um, making an impression upon them. Uh, all the while, of course, while capturing the attention of uh, class rep Kyoko, 
the two then get embroiled in a rivalry with Totsuka High, which in the manga is one of their rival schools. Um, when the two bosses of uh, Totsuka, uh, Tiger and Snake, mess with Kyoko, she gets transferred to another school, but not before things get serious, and Toru and Hiroshi get their gang together for a glorious final battle. Uh, in a quarry yeah. um, <laughs> in like an obstacle course <laughs> oh my god it's it's crazy um one of the many brawls in this movie uh toro and hiroshi both visit kyoko at her new school at the end of the movie fighting f- over her attention and the movie ends with them punching each other out with a cool double punch mm-hmm. um and uh that's essentially the movie i'm not i'm not gonna do the uh the thing that we did with get any getting any where I, I go through every single uh, <laughs> vignette, it, it, but it's basically uh, um, every single vignette is basically a chapter of the manga. Yeah, that's what I had to assume. I was like, this has to be like beat for beat a chapter and then they move on to like another chapter. Yeah. Yeah. It, it must be like all over the place, though, in the manga, because the uh, the first I read the first volume and change and um, I recognized uh, like only a few Mm. A few things here and there. So uh, maybe some liberties were taken. Um, but uh, the characters are definitely ripped straight from the manga, all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and before we, uh, I, I guess we can, yeah, uh, before we talk about uh, the parts that we, lo- that we liked in this movie, um, V, what did you think of Bebop High School? I absolutely love this movie. Um, <laughs> I... I'm predisposed to liking like Yankee comedy stuff. I never actually read this manga before because I thought it was like a little more grounded uh, than it actually is. Because like I don't have any interest in Rokudanashi blues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love th- when you take this concept to uh, extreme parody level, like uh, Kramarti High School or Sakigake uh, Otojuku. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that stuff. And this was actually, even though there's nothing like that crazy going on in it, it's a lot closer to those things than I thought yeah. it would be. <laughs> um, and I just love the idea of like a Yakuza movie with lots of comedy and silliness and low level stakes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was just, uh, I, I love the, just everything about it, uh, from the like gags, the story, and even the like fight choreography was way better than I was expecting. Yeah. The fight choreography kind of reminded me of like in Ghibli movies when big crowds brawl with each other. I'm thinking yeah. of course of Porco Rosso or, um, or Laputa. Like I love, I love like big crowd brawls and, uh, and yeah, they, they, this movie really, really does it well. And all these actors are so young, too. And I, I don't really impress the crap out of me. There's like seven flying kicks in this. It's crazy. <laughs> you can't even see the wires. Uh, <laughs> Joey, what do you think of Bebop High School? Yeah, I had a lot of fun, too. I, I really loved it. Like, um, I yeah, it, it's just so like goofy and fun. Um it has that bouncy J-pop soundtrack, which uh, was very appealing. And uh, shout outs to Gegege no Kitaro and Battles Without mm-hmm. Honor and Humanity. So, I mean, come on. Like, it took a lot for me to not message you about that before <laughs> you watched the movie. Yeah, same. At least the Kitaro stuff. Uh, what was the battles? Uh, okay, so remember the shout out? they like they mess up at uh, Kyoko's birthday party. And then their kind of resolution is like, well, we're just going to be bad. And then it goes on a string of like um, things where they're just 
beating people up and causing havoc and it's saying like so-and-so like 13 people injured oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah and so right. not only is that like battles without our <laughs> humanity like at the very beginning of that whole sequence they're coming out of a movie theater that has posters for battles without our humanity oh. and they they kick over the posters and uh and yeah so it's it's that's completely a tribute um, wow, that's great. I um, I did note that like I'm like, what? Wow, this is this seems like a Yakuza movie. And it didn't it didn't occur to me that like, oh, yeah, this is like the film series that you saw. Like, this is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it was just short of actually using the like music cues, which I mean, this is a Toei production, so they probably could have. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was really fun. I I would say I like the first half more than the second half. Like, I really liked just all the vignettes of them get, getting into trouble and even kind of the stuff with them in Kyoko. Once it starts being like them targeted by this other school and stuff, I kind of like comes and goes with me how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did like that big brawl in the rain uh, in what I called (laughs) the obstacle course, this like crazy like place where they could set stuff on fire and release traps and stuff like that. The the baseball shooting things. Uh, Yeah. So it is very, very fun. I'm definitely like interested to see at least the 80s, the other 80s movies. I don't know. Like, I, I'm wondering if even the 2004 one is really fun like this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the uh, the Kitaro thing, uh, I, th- I I had to look up and see um, what, like who publishes Kitaro. Uh, and mm-hmm. not in the same magazine, but Kodansha is the is the publisher, I believe. And Toei Animation does the cartoon. So I think that was the big thing is that Toei, they were playing the like 80s theme song and if mm-hmm. they were the anime character designs and stuff like that. So, ah, yeah, uh, so yeah, just to specify for listeners, there's a part where they're like in, I guess a, like a, a, not an amusement park, but like maybe like a, uh, I don't know, like a little display area. And there's these people in, uh, Kitaro mascot costumes dancing around to the theme song. And, uh, our lovable thugs are like, I want to wear that. And they like steal their heads. And then after they get in a fight with some <laughs> other guys, they're like running away wearing the Kitaro costumes and stuff. It's very funny. I thought they were making the, uh, the rivals from the school that they had just beat, uh, dance around in them as like punishment. Oh yeah. I, oh, was uh, that what it was? Uh, yeah. Or like That's an, what I read it as. Or like an initiation. Now yeah, that you're part exactly. of the gang or something. Yeah. I thought uh, it was just sort of general messing around, but uh, uh, and being silly. But yeah, I don't know. Now I want to rewatch that scene. Let's yeah, see. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. Um, I honestly like when I looked at the half hour mark, I was like, oh, my God, this is this has only been a half hour just because so much happens yeah. in that first half hour. Like those little vignettes don't take time at all, but there's so much packed into them and they're all very funny. Uh yeah, I think it's a. I, at one point for me, the movie slows to a crawl, um, but it picks it right right back up again. Hmm. Um, and uh, I I do like the uh, I do like the rival uh, rivalry between between them uh, between uh, Totsuka and uh, and the and the two. Uh, and yeah, the two no, I mean I think it's good to like finally give it like more of a focused plot. Uh, for sure. But I just found myself having a little less fun <laughs> yeah. during that period. Personally, I don't know. To me, there's still a lot of like good goofs going mm-hmm. there, even though the movie does kind of slow down. Yeah. Uh, because like when they go to the 
to the tough guy high school. Oh my God. And throw the sign through the window with a message on it. And they're like, they're off today. <laughs> it's like, well, well, let them know. <laughs> Can we talk about that high school for a second? Yeah. How it's just a real hive of scum and villainy. Like it's, it's a real hideout. <laughs> like they're smoking and playing Mahjong. And then like, it's all the windows are broken and the sky is even cloudier over there. Like it's <laughs> guys peeing off the roof when you first see it. Um, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Um, it reminded me of going to see like the university in Thessaloniki when I visited my cousin in Greece a couple of years ago, <laughs> uh, just because they don't have like a, a, there it's almost like the wild west. Um, <laughs> they're like, you don't have to pay tuition. So they basically do whatever the fuck they want. Um, and there were, there were like broken windows and stuff and <laughs> trash everywhere. And I was, I was like, this is a university is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, besides Cromarty High, which that made me think of, it also made me think of uh, Netflix recently added all the high and low movies, which are these sort of like uh, gang, like gangster war uh, movies. And one of the gangs is this like high school that's been overrun by delinquents. And it, it's the same exact thing where there's just like desks toppled over. And it's like, why are they? Even I guess this is their home base and the teachers don't come in anymore or something. But it's like, why are you in school if you're going to just, uh, you yeah, know, take it over and burn everything? Yeah. Um, yeah, I love I love all the interactions with um, with every single potential gang member. Uh, I love I, I don't remember the guy's name. Uh, oh, it was Kikunaga. That's right. From Tachibana High, which is another rival uh, rival mm. school in the manga. And they call him Oji-san and goes, Oji-san, I'm only 18 <laughs> and I'm a student. Like, <laughs> but he dresses like he's like a Yakuza and I, I, I do love that. Uh, yeah, I love that because they're being very respectful to him at first. And then once they realize he's a high schooler too, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to talk about favorite parts and then we can talk about other parts too, because there's so much of this movie mm -hmm. to love. Um, uh, v, why don't you go first? God, it's there's so much good stuff in this. And like I said, I already mentioned when they throw the the sign through the rival school's window. <laughs> I think my my like top favorite part is the soccer game. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah. Uh, when they've got their the lower classmen trying to like be the tough guys at the school. And it just is full on combat soccer. Um, and I know we just talked uh, last episode, I think about uh, the Kunio Kun games, uh, like River City Ransom, mm -hmm. and that, mm. those had a bunch of like sports spinoff games, including a soccer game. And I was like, "This is probably where they got that idea from." <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Shaolin Soccer. Uh, yeah. yeah, that first game that they play, where the like guys bust out the wrenches and just starts beating them up and stuff. It's like I was like, "This is exactly like that." I love uh, the ref during that game. He just lets it happen. And then when he blows the whistle, it's like, oh, yeah, they score a point. And he's, oh, yeah, remember, this is a sports game, so no violence. <laughs> like, you just watch the entire team completely steamroll the other team using weapons and bum rushes. <laughs> and they drag the goal they, at yeah, one they point. They drag the goal with a rope to move it. <laughs> so funny. This, the choreography in this scene is also really good. And yeah. they end it with doing, like, an assisted bicycle kick. Ugh. that they freeze frame on because it clearly did not go well from <laughs> that frame. I do love that. Like it, it's very stylish. Um, like that alone made me want to watch the other ones. Mm -hmm. That scene. 
Uh, all right, Joey, how about you? Favorite part? Yeah, I've got a couple. I think the one, hmm. I think the one that I have the most to say about, maybe I should say, is the the sequence where the two gangs each have a hostage for each other. Oh my God, yes. And like, I love it because it just like, if you had any doubt, like, why should I root for these guys because they're bad guys or whatever, like, uh, it shows the difference between the two gangsters because the one gang is like very militant and they very badly beat up uh, their hostage and stuff. And then our boys uh, take their hostage out to drink and get super drunk and are dancing around. And then they're like, you should join us. And then even when the rival like gang leader comes uh, they're all smashed and the guy's just like, hey, and they're having a great time. Uh, I just thought that was really fun and and really like a good way to illustrate kind of the difference between our main characters uh, and other delinquents. Yeah. And those delinquents, of course, end up joining our, our characters gang as well. Um, one of my favorite parts of that scene is uh, when, the, of course, the boss goes to see what's going on and ends up getting drunk and staying there. The rest of the gang uh, is still at the warehouse while the workers are co- like, oh, it's time for the workers to go back to work like at, at six in the morning. And they're like, oh, we might as well get out of here. And like the fact that you see the workers coming back to the warehouse is hilarious yeah. to me. Then everybody just leaves. I think it's Nobuo tied up. Just yeah. be like, anybody? Yeah, poor Nobuo, man. I love that kind of character. Uh, that's the sort of pathetic guy that, uh, man, that part where he's like standing on the desks to introduce them oh and stuff. He, he's such a funny character uh, he's great. And, and always the butt of uh, the jokes unfortunately for him yeah, yeah. his hazing end scene is also great the the whole uh, montage of them getting fitted for their Yankee outfits and stuff mm-hmm. uh, and being taught how to slouch and walk properly and then the big payoff is they set them up to get in a fight with some other tough guys and Snowbuo has been uh, tricked into painting his body with fake Yakuza tattoos. And he strips <laughs> strips down to his fundoshi in front of everybody in the street trying to show how tough he is. And the whole thing is just like a gag. That, yeah. that was the part that I was debating as also my other favorite scene. I just love the sort of like <laughs> tutorial aspect where it's kind of like, yeah. let's teach you about what a Yankee is. And it's like, this is how you walk and make sure to keep your feet, you know, kind of <laughs> duck uh, shaped and, and make sure you use this kind of, uh, you know, fabric and all this stuff. And it was just a very cute and funny and also kind of a good in to the movie because mm-hmm. it's like right at the very beginning. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, I love the lady, the tailor lady, yeah. uh, drawing all over him. Like, here's where the buttons go. Here's where your <laughs> emblem would go. Uh, really funny. Uh, yeah, that um, that part with Nobo uh, stripping down uh, in the uh, to, to his fundoshi is um, that's his first chapter in the manga, oh. like where he first shows up. Uh, so I ended up getting to that one. Uh, nice. Yeah, what a great yeah, great great scenes. Um, well, uh, since nobody has uh, talked, well, yeah, there's so much here that I, I really do love. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. Uh, I'm just going to talk about the final battle, the final battle. It. It's mm-hmm. like it's crazy. Like they get everybody together. They booby trap the place um, like they bring in the uh, 
the baseball launchers. Is that what they're called? <laughs> you find them at batting cages. Pitching machines is yes. what they're called. There we go. Yeah, they have two pitching machines. Um, at one point, Nobuo uh, has a uh, an excavator that he's driving. <laughs> um, uh, they light a whole pit on fire for some reason. Yeah. Um, it's so they it's their weapon stash. So the uh, rival yeah. gang can't use the weapons. Like very cool. They get inside the. Um, I guess the uh, the um, the foreman's hut or whatever, and they mm. completely. I love all of this. <laughs> okay, I love all the destruction in this movie. There's yeah. so much of it. Like every single fight, everything is getting destroyed. Not just this foreman's uh, hut, but um, when uh, when our main characters are in like the diner that they usually go to, and then uh, the rival school comes and ambushes them. Uh, they just bust up the place. There's so much defenestration in this movie. <laughs> like the first like 60 seconds of the movie has uh, has like evil thugs dis- like dismantling an entire ice cream hut. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, like, they're I just like- ripping it to pieces. <laughs> I like when the bad guys like ambush them at that like family restaurant. Like these guys all like hang out at an Applebee's or something. And like, (laughs) and then they like bust the windows. And instead of going through the door, they all jump through the window that they've just broken. And it's like such a funny, uh, you know, super extra move. The first thing they do is jump like the window has uh, the door has a window, like a little porthole. And yeah. they bust that through, and then two of them jump through that, and that's yeah. how they get in. They don't even oh, they don't even bust down the door; they just bust down that window. It's crazy. Um, God, the the yeah that last that last fight is really awesome. Uh, it becomes a a two on two brawl um, that is totally like super melodramatic, um, very much a last boss fight um, with blood. Mm. Uh, it, it suddenly gets less cartoony and more actually violent. Um, yeah, I thought that was super cool. Uh, w- what a way to end the movie. Um, and I also want to talk about the train fight. Like, mm, yeah, what a cool, like everything that I wanted to happen in that fight did like Nobo <laughs> comes on the train at first to like distract them. He dresses up as a schoolgirl, Uh, and while they're distracted, uh, like Toro and, um, and Hiroshi come in and bust them up and they have this fight that spans the entire train. Uh, they <laughs> break windows. They throw guys out of the window. They open up the emergency door. Eventually they throw every guy out of the door into the water. Like it's, it's pandemonium. It's it, this is what I want to see on a, on, on a train fight. Like very cool. I also appreciate the bizarre respect of not having a like shitty gay panic joke about Nobuo yeah. being dressed when it's yeah. revealed Nobuo is the one that is uh, in the Fuku. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That, that whole scene is like a weird hero moment for him. <laughs> yeah. Now he has uh, he's a he's a he's a real star that Nobuo. Um uh, I'm going through my notes and uh, there's a really great um, thing that I f- completely forgot about during uh, during one of these fights where uh, <laughs> this is like right after that that brawl in the Applebee's that becomes a chase sequence leading up to the train like it or no I'm sorry the train brawl happens after that but it's that chase sequence where they're like on a roof and then they jump through the through the mall uh, skylight onto a truck mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um 
when they're fighting in the alleyway, one guy take like has a big plastic bucket that he breaks on another guy. Like it just, Mm -hmm. he just breaks it into pieces. And I was like, can plastic buckets do that? I feel (laughs) like every set piece, every prop was made to break in this movie. Yeah, totally. And it definitely reminds me of like a Kunio Kun thing, right? Like, like, Oh, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to pick up this trash can and, and throw it at you, or I'm going to pick up this pipe and throw it at you. Like I felt like anything that was around them could be used as a weapon or, uh, could be, um, easily demolished. Uh, that must've been really fun to work on. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's fascinating to me. Like I don't, I had known this stuff was just kind of like in pop culture at this time, at the time and assumed that Kunio Kun was just like a synthesis of that. But watching this movie, it really does feel like it was like an unlicensed bebop high school game. Mm-hmm. It, it might've been, that might've been the origins. I don't know. I, um, um, I'm Googling Kunio Kun right now. It looks pretty cute. <laughs> Oh, have you never played any of the River City Ransom games or uh, international I've volleyball? Heard of it. I know that it influenced Scott Pilgrim. That's like my yep. <laughs> into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, Kunio Kun was a character with a whole franchise of both beat 'em up games and sports game spinoffs and stuff. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I wanted to go back to the to the end fight for a second to talk yeah. about the. Uh, the final one-on-one fight is choreographed almost like, well, not almost like it, very much like a really good wrestling match. Just kind of the, mm. the pacing and the like, the the feel of the impacts where it's like the end of a match and everybody's just gassed out, but they're still still giving their their best. And uh, I can't remember is is who's who at the end of that fight. Uh, if I think that's uh, Toru, yeah, Torao, and uh, and uh, he where Toru keeps trying to land the uh, get a suplex and keeps getting elbowed in the shoulder oh, and God. punched, and <laughs> he just keeps going for it over and over again. And when he finally lifts lifts him up and starts falling backwards, it is such a like moment of triumph. Yeah, it is. Uh, and then he drops him on a stump and it's terrifying because I'm like, oh, he's dead now. Yeah, I yeah. know. Totally. That was pretty rough. Yeah, um, I was I was incredibly worried for <laughs> for these boys, even the bad ones. Uh, but yeah, just the like drama in that fight was incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through my notes again and I completely forgot about like I the teacher um, their homeroom <laughs> teacher is hilarious and very much in the spirit of the manga. Um, I, I will say that uh, in the manga, uh, both Toru and um, Hiroshi are at each other's throats a whole lot more. Mm. Um, and it's mostly fighting over for, over girls, um, but they are really like, they're, they're much more abrasive in the manga, it seems, and they're much more friendly in this movie. Um, but the the teacher is still like, out of this world in the manga. And it's very like, I think the most accurate depiction Mm -hmm. uh, from what I've read so far is that, is that teacher. Uh, And I love that they sit on the thumbtacks uh, to prove how manly they are. And then when they get up, they just have these stone cold faces and you see the thumbtacks all over their butts. And um, there's one part that I, that uh, there might be a deleted scene or something like that, but in the, in the manga, there are at least um, in the first, like, I don't know, volume and a half, there are, uh, at least two, uh, two or three instances where, 
the principal uh, says, oh, if you don't shape up, I'm going to shave your heads. And they mm. have like razors at the ready. Uh, <laughs> and at the end of the soccer game, when all the teachers are like chasing them, I, I noticed one of them had a razor. Uh, and and I was like, oh, that's funny. I, I kind of wish that they had uh, they had uh, uh, done something. Yeah. To, uh, Maybe they were just counting on audiences, kind of recognizing that for what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um. Gosh, before we uh, before we get into our um, our superlatives, uh, we should talk about Junko. Um, yeah, she is great. Not enough Junko, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah uh, which is crazy because she is all over the manga, um, and she's really great. She's basically the like they're always trying to impress her, but she's way too cool for them. And mm. uh, like, yeah, she's she's really great. She's got like a little like a little cadre of girls herself and she's the only one uh, well i between her and kyoko knows uh what kind of boys these guys are um and i wish i i i another reason why i want to watch the rest of these movies because i'm you know hopefully that she'll she has more screen time in them yeah definitely i kept kind of waiting for kyoko's big or um junko's big scene and she has one a kind of good scene between her and kyoko but like um yeah it never really comes like um yeah, she, she get I, definitely this is kind of like character cameo category rather than like big character time. Yeah, uh, like some of the other um, characters, even though she doesn't have much screen time, the feeling I got was like you really do get the sense that there are like two other movies that happened that we didn't see. Yeah. And that she is like she really does know Hiroshi and Toru really well. And they've got this like rapport and understanding that predates what we see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, well, she's got like a Yankee air to her as well. She's got the, like the longer than most skirt and, and si- the short hair. Yeah. yeah. Smoking, yeah. smoking a cigarette. Um, all right. Well, uh, shall we dance? Uh, shall we dance? Can this movie be made uh, for a Western audience or uh, something to that effect? Um, and I would say it's hard to say because rival school culture is something that is inherently Japanese. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you could translate some of it. Um, I think there's a lot of sort of, uh, specifically Japanese references, but you could do, I I think you could make this, but I, I, yeah, it's the same kind of thing that I keep coming back to. It's like, would it be worth it (laughs) to, to make this as an American thing? And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think the specifics of this, it's not just a specific to Japanese culture. I think it's specific to the time period as well yeah. True. to fully capture this. You could translate it to like a Western audience, but it would be like Greece or an S.E. Hinton book, like oh, some, yeah. s- some a bunch of greasers running around fighting each other. <laughs> That's true. But it's not going to have the same kind of like trappings. I think that um, if you were to compare it to anything, like all, a lot of '80s movies are already have that kind of thing going on. I guess like uh, Karate Kid, yeah, um, like yeah, the bad. Oh, these are the bad kids versus the good kids. I, I guess if you want to, like you know, strip it down to just that. I feel like so many of those are either the like good kids versus bad kids or the low status kids versus the high status kids. Yeah, are also bad. There's not enough like. All these, all these guys are on the same level. They're just like showing who's toughest. Mm-hmm. There's not as nearly as much of that kind of thing going on. 
which which like uh, I don't know, like it made me just think uh, how many rival greaser movies really are there? Uh, I guess you got the uh, what what West Side Story, Greaser. <laughs> uh, what was the uh, Outsiders? That's the other one. Mm, but uh, yeah, that's that's Greasers versus versus the Soches. The Soches, yeah. Uh, I, it's been like since middle school, so I don't really remember anything about the outsiders uh, other than like, you know, who dies. Um, but I don't remember. Stay if, gold, pony boy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, I don't remember if the Soshas had knives <laughs> or like what their weapons were. Hair dryers? <laughs> Sweaters? I don't know. Like they use as garrots. I don't, I don't remember. Um, I don't know. Uh, all right, the coveted Takashi Shimura Award. Um, who gave a really standout performance whenever they were on screen, or or made you uh, look at the screen and go, "Where is so and so?" V, who's your pick? Uh, Masumi Miyazaki as Junko. Mm. Uh, I also was constantly like, "Where's Junko? Are we going to get more Junko?" Mm-hmm. Uh, because her first appearance, where she's got her like little group of followers and who like all light her cigarette at once when she goes to sit down uh, and just her like swagger and attitude is so good. She, she seems much more mature even and like she's a high school student, you know, she's not mature. I want to see what, what else is going on underneath that. Um, but she's got some real like Fujiko Mine energy mm-hmm. uh, against the, the, two boys and i also love during her introduction when she's like i need a man that's like handsome and has stamina and stuff and then you see both of them like shoot their hands up from the other (laughs) side of the divider being like how about us (laughs) and and like i said it establishes really early and really well that they all know each other really well and there's there's not any kind of like romantic dynamic there, but there may have been in the past and that they're just like have a mutual understanding between all of them. Yeah. Um, it actually kind of surprises me that uh, Junko is, it, it takes kind of a backseat to Kyoko in this movie, considering um, that Kyoko isn't in, at least in the beginning of the manga as much. Mm. Um, so that, uh, but there is an interesting story there with the, you know, framing of, uh, like Kyoko's uh, upbringing and and uh, uh, status versus theirs, but yeah, she does she does get her one like really big scene where she confronts Kyoko and is like, "You don't belong to their world; they don't belong to yours." And yeah. kind of lays out why she thinks this isn't going to work, yeah. and that like sick burn as she walks away, where she's <laughs> like, "What happened to your finch?" Uh, died because it it was caged mm-hmm. um but yeah i love that kind of like she she is both giving advice but also being real shitty at the same time yeah and i i just love like i said her swagger it's yeah. so good uh joey yeah, I, I considered giving it to Junko as well. I really love that character. I, I'd say she and Nobuo are probably my favorite like characters. Um, but as far as like performances go, the the one actor that I think really showed any sort of range <laughs> in their acting was Miho Nakayama as Kyoko. Um, you know, I think she just 
was able to like she does the like pleasant idol thing where she's just very sweet and, you know, takes care of the boys and all that stuff. Um, and she's good at that and it's good and cute. But then she also does uh, really hit the dramatic moments like where she's being terrorized or when she's confronting her parents or or at least kind of butting up against uh, what her parents want. Um, and then there's a few times uh, f- for comic relief where she like uh, speaks with a more like uh, Yankee uh, aggressive tone uh, with the guys and stuff like that, which is pretty fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I ended up when I was just kind of analyzing performances uh thinking about this um she's the one that stood out to me Mm. yeah um you bring a good point up with her with her range uh she does she does kind of show it all uh i i did note that um during the soccer game uh she has this face she makes this face at one point which i thought was really funny and uh i don't think i've seen uh somebody make a face like that in a movie before (laughs) It was like a like oh uh, uh, like <laughs> it's very funny. Um, yeah, I like that she wasn't blindly okay with those guys. Like when they were like at her birthday party and just like eating her cake and stuff. Like she looks pretty upset about it. Um, so I I was glad that she wasn't like super one note. You know. Yeah. Uh, as for my pick, um, I. Uh, I didn't mention him earlier when we went through the cast because he hasn't been in literally anything else except for like two other things. Um, but Tsutomu Furukawa as Nobuo. Um, mm. I loved his antics. Uh, I like basically cheered internally whenever he was on screen. <laughs> um, he, uh, he begins with a bang. He even does his, like the, uh, uh, he does a uh, Yakuza entrance introduces himself mm-hmm. um and uh there's a lot of fun slapstick and uh immediate almost immediately he picks a fight with an old man because he bumps into the, <laughs> uh yeah he bumps into uh, our, our heroes and uh i i just uh, i don't know i i <laughs> he made me laugh a lot and uh yeah no and and t- hey he gets a really great uh the last time we see him in the movie is he's driving the excavator around. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, but I do agree with both of your assessments. Uh, Junko is actually on my, on my short list as well. Um, Honestly, I think the entire, like there aren't really any bad performances I can remember in this entire cast. Like, yeah. They're all great. And they're all Masumi being able to embody that swagger is my favorite, but like even the boys, both uh, Kotro and, uh, uh, Kojiro Shimizu and Toru Nakamura are incredibly good at having these like very sympathetic but dumb and violent characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not a single weak character, even even in the um like even in the ancillary uh like goons. Uh I I, I just think back to like I even think about Keen, the uh, the the heavy set guy. Um who ends up getting his uh, just desserts in the soccer game, but then ends up being a pretty, a pretty fun addition to the rest of the gang. Uh, like even in the final battle where he's fighting the other guy with a drum. Um, <laughs> it's like a drum battle. Yeah. It's really when, fun. When he first shows up, the, it, I th- honestly thought that he was going to be like the villain of the movie, yeah. even though he's like such an ancillary character because he shows up and he's like, like, holy shit, this guy is like, kingpin of this high school <laughs> yeah he's a giant square i uh even in the manga actually he's kind of drawn very square like um 
every time a new character shows up, I think I thought they were going to be the antagonist of the film. Like even yeah. when Onijima shows up and I'm like, oh boy, he's going to be bad news for everybody. Um, <laughs> but then he just shows up like a couple times and, uh, and it's really the, uh, the two, um, the two brothers who are the, uh, you know, the, the last bosses, so to speak. Um, yeah. To that point about the performances, like, the movie that this reminded me the most of uh, from what we've seen is uh, Skabe on Decca. The, mm-hmm. And it's because the time period and the characters and all that stuff. And it even kind of has a similar feel. But like in that episode, a lot of us were kind of like mentioning that there are some pretty kind of like stiff performances and stuff, which I think also kind of has its own charm. Uh, but this felt a lot more naturalistic or even like people were like hamming it up for comedy and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing that I kind of wish I saw uh, more in the movie is um, during the opening credits uh, when they're fighting on the rowboats, um, <laughs> when oh, they yeah. like launch the guy um, like very cartoonishly, he like just goes flying. Um, I uh, I wanted more of that like ridiculousness but i mean then you have the soccer game where (laughs) all that shit's happening so yeah that opening sequence i think uh, it's worth mentioning that it looks like the ending credits are are rolling Mm -hmm. um yeah i definitely like in getting this movie ready for us to watch i had some technical difficulties which i won't get into but like when i finally started it up to watch it i was like oh man something is messed up with this because it's starting at the end uh (laughs) because the they they literally like scroll the credits up as a theme song is playing and stuff. And I was like, this really feels like the end credits, but stuck with it and realized that no, that's just the opening credits. Yeah. Um, well that's, uh, yeah. I, what else to say about this movie? Uh, any lingering thoughts, uh, V? Um, I, I think just cause I haven't mentioned it before. This is also clearly a, a foundational, influence on the uh project justice rival schools fighting game series mm, yeah. uh, which is great and has a bunch of yankee characters in it um and yeah it's, it's this feels like a missing puzzle piece uh that we found to a lot of later japanese media that i love mm. yeah that's a great way to put it yeah I, I don't have any specific points uh that i wanted to hit that i haven't said yet but uh i enjoyed this movie a lot i thought it was really fun awesome yeah uh i thought it was great i want to watch the rest of them now um mm. and uh there's nothing more than i like uh than watching uh big brawls and 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 dumb boys fighting <laughs> um you could uh, obviously you could do a drinking game to this movie uh um, I would I would drink every time they they uh, rolled ours. Oh boy! <laughs> kura, 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 kura. It's very fun. Um, well, what are we uh, what do we have in store for our next episode? Uh, next episode, we are watching Sakuran, the uh, Mika Ninagawa directed adaptation of the Moyoko Ano manga. Uh, this one is also going to be a little rough just to let people know ahead of time. It is about like power struggles within a brothel of an up and coming order on. Um, I, I know Mika Ninagawa as a photographer and think her stuff looks really great. And I 
just found out recently that she had directed a movie. And so I'm really interested to see what her style translates into for actual film. Yeah, it's a gorgeous movie. I caught it a couple months ago during a streaming film fest thing. So um, I, this is going to be a rewatch for me pretty, pretty soon after I had seen it. But um, I'm looking forward to revisiting again and hearing both of your thoughts. So uh, that does it for this episode. And uh, it's time for plugs. Where can people find you, V? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vriska Chat. Uh, I don't got much going on right now. Go get hype for that new Netflix Godzilla with mm. the goofy Jet Jaguar. Oh, yeah. Singular point. That was yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you can find me at Dude Exclamation on Twitter. Uh, you can also listen to me on the One Piece podcast every week. If you become a patron, you can listen to me on yet another podcast called Force to Watch Four Kids, where me and Steve Yurko talk about the Four Kids dub of One Piece. Um, also available on the free feed is our April Fool's episode where we talk about uh, Dragon Ball Z Dead Zone, the ocean dub, um, which uh, I want to do a whole podcast on the Dragon Ball Z ocean dub because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was fun to hear you, you to gush about something rather than um, be sad about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really do love that dub. Um, and uh, of course, you can check out my prior uh, Super Art Fight work on uh, YouTube.com slash Super Art Fight. Um, and uh, Joey, where can people find you and us? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Joey Weiser and Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, follow me and uh I don't know, talk to me about movies and check out my art and stuff. Um, I'm a cartoonist. The brand new graphic novel Dragon Racer is coming out in June. So if it is not June yet, when you're listening to this, please pre-order it. You can order it from avidbookshop.com or anywhere where you get uh, your books. But Avid will sell you a signed copy if you pre-order it. Um, I will sign it uh, especially for you and do a little drawing in it. Um, so yeah, I'd really appreciate it if you could put those orders in as soon as possible. Um, and check out my past graphic novels, Ghost Hog, um, and the Merman graphic novel series. As for the podcast, uh, we're at Toho Yaro on Twitter. Uh, we've also got a Facebook account where you can message us if you, uh, would rather get in touch with us there. Um, and please follow our Twitter account. That's where we tweet about upcoming episodes, current episodes, um, any sort of Japanese film news or interesting tidbits, uh, fan art. I, uh, we recently retweeted, uh, some good morning fan art, uh, <laughs> uh, which was really cool to see. And, um, and you can email us to hoyaro at gmail.com. Please rate review and subscribe. Oh, and check us out next episode for soccer on. Get to the end of
Sorry, be back to high school. Say, you're 